This week we're talking about Dil Dhadakne Do and I'm joined by Anisha Javeri. Hi Anisha. Hi. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, you're most welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> um, so you already wrote, you already wrote up your review, right? It's posted on I did. It's posted on uh india.com, the US uh the US site. So right. um basically you can just for those of you who aren't in the US you can just search india.com and my name and it should come up yeah isn't it weird because when you're following a certain writer and they're writing for different outlets that you sometimes don't even know where it appeared because i read your review um but i actually didn't know where it was posted just because i find your stuff through you know social media like stuff yeah yeah i know you don't really pay much attention to the actual like yeah. platform. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. Uh, you have a following, Anisha. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're so loyal. Thank you. <laughs> so, um let's start talking about Dil Dharakne though. It seems to Are you following box office reports? I think it's doing quite well, right? Um I would I don't know the numbers, but I would imagine that it had a pretty epic opening weekend um just because like I'm just assuming from the cast and the director and yeah. the fact that it's the most hyped movie of the year. Yeah, I think it's I think it's like I mean again I'm not I'm like a I'm not a box of it pundit or anything like that so I didn't follow it completely. I think Tanuwad's menu Wed's menu is still kind of ruling the roost. Um oh. and I think it's below expectations but it's kind of getting growing word word of mouth i think it's not as big as zindagi na milegi dobara which i think probably had a bigger more kind of cast that was maybe more uh, uh impressive in terms of box office uh, opening i don't know I, I, let's wait and see i mean it's not a it, sorry no, I was just like, we're going to have to wait. I guess now that the weekend's over, hmm. they usually, I don't know how they usually judge it though. Like, I think they say, they used to say that if the weekend doesn't do well, it's like, well, then that's hmm. it for a movie. But nowadays it's a lot more like, no, you know, word of mouth can really ramp up, um, the sales. So we'll see how yeah. it goes. I think, I think the word of mouth things works when it's a small budget movie, like even like a Piku or the new, I don't know if this is, I think a movie like this needs a big opening from the start. So I don't know. I hope it does well. So um, you liked it? I, I, I did. I think to kind of come straight out of the gate with it. I, I actually like, I don't think I've seen a more enjoyable movie this year, honestly, in Bollywood at least. You know, I hear you. I, I mean, I, it's, it's fun. It was fun. Like you go there and you're not expecting like something to, you know, that's going to weigh you down or like really make you think, but it's something that was enjoyable and relatable. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's again, kind of not to say that you have to like tailor your expectations so much according to which film you watch. A film should be able to stand on its own, no matter, you know, what the expectations are. But this one, you know, you know kind of what they, every single one of them who did promotions for this movie, if you listen to any interviews whatsoever, they set your expectations. They were like, you know, this is a movie about people who are on a, it's like a holiday. You're going on a holiday with us and it's a dysfunctional family and that's exactly what we were given. So. And I think, I mean, Zoya for me is kind of getting as close to as a Hirani as she can. I don't know if, I, I don't know if you're a huge fan of Raju Hirani as I am, but, for me, you know, that striking that balance between being entertaining, 
but still being thought-provoking and having like a large budget, a large canvas and all of those elements that we associate with classic Bollywood. I think it's a very hard mix that not many filmmakers are able to achieve. And I think like Rajkumar Hirani is kind of the epitome of it at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Zoya Akhtar for me is very close to that. Um I, I I I don't know if you agree with that or not, but I think uh, yeah, I, I did. Hmm. Um, I really did. I feel like with their first, with Rajhirani's you know previous films hmm. with his Munabais and his you know Three Idiots and all that, hmm. he really did do that. The whole balance between entertaining and thought provoking, and I thought Zoya did that as well with you know all her previous films. But I think with both of their, it's funny you say it, because with both of their most recent ones, so for her, it's this one, and for him, it's, um, oh my god, oh my god, why am I losing it? PK. Thank you, PK. I was like, Piku? No. <laughs> with, with PK and with this one, like, I think they kind of catch wind of the fact that they are known for this and that people kind of expect it of them, and I don't know if it was in intentional or not, but I feel like they both kind of went a little overboard in those respective directions to the point where you're like, it, this was, she kind of went to Zoya and he went to Raju Hirani in the sense that it just didn't, um, for me, for this film, it didn't quite, it didn't quite hit a level of thought provoking that for me felt like, I don't know, I just felt like she went too far at times. Right. Yeah. Too far as in terms of entertainment in terms- or... Uh, no entertainment was great but like i you know i like i wrote in my review like i've really admired her ability like you said to have this like elaborate canvas and not hold back on budget and still make a movie with characters that are totally accessible with dialogue that's really real um with humor that just is the kind of humor that you know we would appreciate in our everyday lives and the kind of humor we probably share with our own friends um and and, and kind of keep all that in balance. And um, with this one, I thought that she veered off into melodrama a few too many times. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, she kind of tumbled into Bollywood a little bit more than I would have liked her Yeah, to. so focusing a bit more on the spectacle in a way than... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so, yeah... What are the elements for, for a Zoya Akhtar movie, I think? Uh, I think now, third movie in, we can start to really figure out our style, where I, I don't think that was as much possible between Luck by Chance and Zindagi Nami Ledi Um I yeah. think now we really focus on the things that she really likes, right? Um, I mean, you said snappy dialogue is definitely one. Um, yeah. Uh, beautiful production design, right? Beautiful production design. She makes you want to go wherever the heck it is that she's shooting. It's amazing. Like every shot of Priyanka Chopra, it might have been that she just stepped out of the cover of Vogue or something like that, right? And not even <laughs> Vogue now, Vogue of the 60s. Yeah. Well, she was like super, like, waft to within an inch of her life. Like, it was kind of weird. Um, I'm like, who walks, a, you know, a cruise ship? I would think you'd have, like, the wind-blown hair and kind of that beachy look, but no, no, she was... Not Priyanka. <laughs> tip-top. Yeah. You know, sometimes Priyanka is so kind of um, perfect or whatever, like, so poised, that she seems, like, photoshopped from a magazine into a movie. Um, and 
<laughs> you know what I mean? And sometimes she never yeah. feels part of the movie. And I had like I have that problem a lot of times with, when I'm watching her in Agnipat or I watched her in Gunde, where she's, yeah. she just doesn't seem part of the movie because she's just so awesome Priyanka, you know, in a way. Um, like she's too good for the movie or she actually doesn't fit in? Both slightly, <laughs> I think. I mean, sometimes she's too. She, she Priyanka Chopra just has a very strong vibe as a as a as a performer, as a person. And I think if the movie isn't catered to her vibe, she never really is a, has the ability to gel really well with that with with anything else. Um, you see her as you constantly see her as Priyanka Chopra in a movie and not her character. Um, it's kind of more the vibe built around, like for example, something like Satun Maaf or. Uh, Kamine or um, even Burfi, you know, the roles yeah. that she had, the film was um, built around her. Like something even like Mary Comey was built around her. But when she okay. just needs to be a standard heroine or, you know, something something that's added to the, the, whole, the whole mix of the story, then she mm-hmm. kind of becomes the outlier every time. Um, so... For example, yeah, the examples I gave you for uh, like where she just needs to play a standard heroine. I don't know. Maybe she feels she's too good for it or something like that. I don't know. She doesn't feel she's she's gelling well enough. Interesting that you say that. I actually haven't seen like a whole bunch of her movies now that you've mentioned them, and I'm like, oh, haven't seen that. Haven't seen that. (laughs) Um, But I would see what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So get, getting back to Zoe Akhtar and some of the other things, she 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 loves her multiple narratives, right? Um, just juggling. Yeah. Yeah, and she kind of does this here again. Um, what did you think of that? Because it's it's a tough balancing act, you know. Like you need to have yeah. that many stories to get you engaged, and kind of you know, it's something is happening all the time, but uh, it happens that you know a lot of you're juggling so many balls that some balls get dropped. And I think yeah. this also happens with Zerakneo, right? Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think that's kind of where like the screenplay and the acting go hand in hand. For instance, with uh, Ranveer and Anushka's storyline. Um, I don't think that screenplay-wise it was developed nearly enough as I as it could have been mm-hmm. or should have been. Um, but at the same time, their performances were so great that that was my probably my favorite relationship of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I guess it, it kind of you know they they saved the what was lacking in the screenplay with with what they brought to their characters in the screen time that they had together. Yeah. Um, yeah. With others, I mean, I, I I do think she bit off a little bit more than she could chew. Definitely, with with giving giving each relationship its due, or each you know sub story its due, and like you're like, oh, okay, I want to see this follow through, and and she would stop just short of it. Whether it was uh, the Ranveer storyline, or whether it was like I kind of wanted to know what happened to Rahul Bose's character. You know? Yeah, and I wanted to know what happens with Anil Kapoor's company now that he doesn't have financing anymore. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Are we giving like, way too much away with this? I hope people re- listen to this after they see the film because I don't want to give spoilers. No, I, I think it's good. I think I, I've noticed that our audience doesn't mind spoilers that much. I don't get oh. that many complaints about it. So I don't, let's not go full, but let's. Um, let's. I, I think we can hint on a lot of the points already. Okay. But yeah, I agree cool. with you. Um, or like, or like Nuri, you know. Yeah. Uh, I forget the woman who played her, but like, you know, after after what happened there, you're wondering, you're left wondering, well, now what with her? And so, um, 
Yeah, I guess it's just, it's a lot of uh, compelling and intriguing stories that you're just kind of left a little bit disappointed at the end. And it's just for lack of time in an already very long movie. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, she could have definitely cut down the movie in terms of length and in terms of a couple of storylines here and there. And I also think that she could have just done away with a lot of excess by, by cutting out how much voiceover there was. Yeah. I, I want to get that, get into that a bit later on. Um, I, I, I have some specific thoughts about the voiceover. Um, but again, getting back to Zoya, a few other things that I noticed, um, angst. That seems to be a, a, a common theme between both brother and sister's filmmaking, right? Um, <laughs> like, just this kind of... I don't know if it's millennial angst or what is it? Like, people just seem to be, like, almost have, like... You know, a lot of issues that they're dealing with. Personal, financial, um, uh, like, where they kind of... they they Nobody can figure out where they're going in life. Um, again, Ranveer Singh has a lot of that here. Um, and it seems to be a common thread in her, in her filmmaking. Um... Another yeah. one I saw Farhan Akhtar is in there too, like every other movies. And uh, the last one I also noticed is that it takes her a long time to make these movies, right? And long time to kind of get the right people in. Um, and Dildarakne though had a long process in uh, getting the right people on board. And I was kind of, just kind of going through the iterations. Like in, initially, she had thought of ha- casting Ranbir. Kapoor and Karina Kapoor for this movie, right? In the role of Ranveer Singh and uh, Priyanka Chopra. Yeah. And uh, I think for Shifali Shah's um, role, she had Madhuri, she approached Madhuri um, yes. initially. So, yeah. what what do you think of that? Like, now that you've seen the movie, could you, could <gasps> um, you imagine those roles being given to those actors? I get, again, I think it's another testament to the acting of the people who finally took on those characters that I'm like, there is no yeah. way I can yeah. see them, it, you know, anybody else doing this, especially Madhuri for Shefali's part. I think it's also just because like I'm a big, big fan of Shefali's, but, um, and I also know that Madhuri turned it down because she didn't want to be seen as the mother of somebody who can be as old as, you know, Ranveer or Priyanka. But I'm like, thank God for that because it it just wouldn't have fit. It really, I, I don't, again, like you were saying, the persona of the actor, like Madhuri would have been yet another person who is just too, it's, she's too Madhuri for this role. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty, and with Karina mm-hmm. and Ranbir, I, uh, I don't think that with Karina, I mean, she's great, but I just don't think that she can capture like what you were saying, the angst of this generation. Um, She's, she kind of she's above it in a way. She's she's too good for angst. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, I feel like she's gotten over all that angst stuff, so yeah. it would feel unnatural to see her doing it. Um, so you know, I think it actually worked out for the best. I thought that the final ensemble was pretty much. I I wouldn't be able to put anybody else being like, oh, they would have been better, or this person would have been better. Especially yeah. with Madhuri, I, I would have thought it was kind of heartbreaking because we, you know, they've been paired romantically, Anil Kapoor, throughout the 90s pretty much. And, you mm-hmm. know, you like like we were talking about before before we started recording, you know, we're used to uh, two people getting together and that's the end of the narrative. That's the end of the film, the end of the story. The lovers yeah. run away, they get married and whatnot. And now we would see that 
20 years later, their their marriage is horrible and they hate each other. And I don't know, that would have been slightly heartbreaking from the couple of, you know, Kishan Kanaya and Ramla Kanaya. Yes, all of us kids growing up in the 90s would have been like, oh my God, it didn't work out. <laughs> that would have been meta and really horrible in it. <laughs> I bet you anything that she would have gotten total backlash for that if it had happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't, I, I don't know if, if Madhuri, maybe we, you know, we see Madhuri too much as a kind of a nice person. To not that Shivali wasn't nice, but you know, she has to kind of have some um, edge to her character. And I don't know, maybe we would, maybe we wouldn't accept Madhuri in that kind of role. Um, I yeah, don't. I think that Madhuri is good at having at being a strong character and kind of giving that oomph to it but you're right i don't know if she has that kind of that razor sharp edge thing going on um which shifali did have and like i don't know i just loved shifali pulled off a punjabi mother so well without overdoing it like you see a lot of punjabi mothers in other movies who completely make a caricature out of it and like i just watched her in dolly ki dolly but i don't know maybe obviously she's playing like towards the co- comedic element but that's what I think about about a loud Punjabi mother I think of Archana yeah. Puran Singh yeah and even like Archana Puran Singh or it's Kiran Kher or whoever it is like yeah. they, they maybe that's the direction they're giving but they really go over the top and this movie is also supposed to be a comedy and Shifali is really funny too but she just doesn't she reins it in and she makes it much more real just with like little things that she does you know yeah, yeah. No, I thought she was I thought she was great and you know also if you you would have cast Madhuri I don't think anybody would believe that you know uh, Anil Kapoor would character would cheat on her or not be in love with her anymore I, I think those aspects would be slightly tougher but I also wonder they probably change the script slightly when they you know depending on the characters to kind of make it their own I think you think maybe because there were two el- moments when, whenever I'm in a cinema and I don't know if you do this too but I always try to kind of gauge the audience and the kind of feeling that they're getting um, mm-hmm. and there were two moments in this movie where I felt that as a filmmaker um, Zoya Akhtar or you know um, Rima Kakti who, who kind of wrote the screenplay with yeah. her they're, yeah. they're ahead of the audience um, in terms of what they want society to be or how they want to perceive um, c- certain scenes and there's always this gap between the audience always getting it and one uh-huh. of those scenes was that cake scene with Shefali where she's just you know having her bulimic moment and she's just you know yeah. having tons of cake because she feels so sad yeah. and my audience started laughing and I was like oh my god this is kind of the saddest scene ever and the people yeah. just didn't get it and yeah. And it was, and I'm sure that they added that scene specifically for Shifali's character because it kind of really adds a lot. And I think it, it was heartbreaking, and it yeah. was just sadder because the audience didn't seem to get it. Um, I that's don't know. so true. Oh my god! Now that I look back, that's kind of exactly what happened at my screening. Like people were laughing. Like it was, it was almost like that scene happened, and I turned to my husband, and I'm like, oh, that's so sad, and, like, the, the people around me were laughing, and I was like, but no, it's really depressing, and your heart just goes out to her, and, like, okay, I kind of see why they may have been laughing as well, because it's like, oh, this whole time her husband's been, like, teasing her or, like, jabbing at her about how much she eats and how unhealthy she is, and here she is, like, stuffing her face, and she looks funny, haha, but, like, that's so not what it's about. Yeah, and I think 
I think this is probably more Rima Kagdi's writing than Zoya Akhtar. Um, and I think Rima has this um, knack for adding these subtle jabs against kind of the patriarchal setup that we live in. And she did this with Honeymoon Travels. She did it with, with Talash very well. And I think she does it here again. Um, I mean, some, some are subtle, some aren't that subtle. But um, I think this was one of those moments where you feel, you know, even you're saying those, um, you know, the husband is giving jabs because I think it's so accepted in, in our society yeah. that a, a husband is just making fun of his wife in front of people and yeah. everybody knows how horrible it is and he's completely blind to it. And it, yeah. it's such a, it's such a horrible, horrible situation. It's so sad. And I think Shefali's performance really conveys what she's feeling and, it was. Yeah. I, I felt it was even more heartbreaking that a lot of the audience just didn't get it. Um, the cake scene was was kind of the culmination, but there were so many other points where you know those jokes weren't jokes; they were horrible, horrible, mean, th- mean spirited things to say. Um, yeah. So it was really sad. And the other moment, which kind of links to that, is um, again the audience didn't get it at all. Um, the moment that uh, Priyanka Chopra finally kisses Farhan Akhtar. Um, I think that's kind of a moment of jubilation, you know? That's kind of the hero punching the villain out, you know? Like, that's the moment where you should be happy. And I felt the audience just go cold. Like, totally uh-huh. cold. And you could hear it like, oh my god, she's still married, you know? That kind of thing. And it was just like, yeah. to me, that was such a foreign, like, I, th- th- those moments I just couldn't, you know, I was not in sync with the audience because I was so happy for uh, the characters there. I, I sure. Did that same feeling happen in your theory screening, or am I the only one feeling that? I was definitely like, you know, people were like, "Ooh, she she went there." Yeah. Um, and I'll admit, in my head, it was totally torn. I was like, "Oh my gosh, like she finally kissed him!" But I had that exact same thought. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, she's still married. She's still married. She's still married." So, it's you know, funny, it's, you it's, know? It's, it's exactly what this film is trying to say, right? Is that you know, it's that struggle between doing what you really want to do and then being freaked out because it's not what you're supposed to do. And, you know, people, whatever, wherever they are in life, like, I think that they, they come across that all the time. And like, I can completely, completely relate to, you know, what you want to do versus what you should do, what is right. Like, it's very much, it's very much a real dilemma. Um, so I think people, a lot of the times in my in the film, actually, like I was relating what they were, even if they had nothing to do, it had nothing to do with what is going on in in you know my personal life or someone else's personal life. I can feel that people project what's happening on screen onto onto their life and being like, oh, see, like this is what I should do and this is what I want to do, and I'm conflicted. So um, I think scenes like the one that you just mentioned are are just like snippets of the very dilemma that these filmmakers were trying to put out there yeah also like the fact that you know the uh, the filmmakers put us put the audience in that moment where they are maybe uncomfortable you know and i think that's that's kind of important in such a large bollywood kind of you know good looking movie that she doesn't have those moments where you know the audience is on edge in a way yeah yeah definitely yeah you gotta it just makes you face certain things about not just the characters in the movie, but about like kind of your own, you know, what's going on with you as well. Yeah, yeah, in a, in a very subtle way, you know. I'm thinking like, <laughs> who are the other movie makers that could do that? Like, I'm I'm thinking of, for example, Rohit Shetty. You know, he would not be able to do that at all. You know, in that way. Oh, I, 
gonna say, I was like, oh, he's another one who can. I was like, um. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. No, but I'm just kind of thinking, you know, because there's not that many large scale, big canvas movie makers out there, you know, and I'm just kind of, you know, even Rohit Chetty is a guy that's, he's, he's not at all a, a, a filmmaker that I like, but I, you know, you, he's just so successful and he appeals yeah. to such a large cross section of the Indian audience. You need to, you know, he is a filmmaker. He is an auteur, you know, and, uh, oh. I'm just kind of trying to think who else is in that, in that, uh, in that league. Uh, like in the mainstream realm? Yeah, in the mainstream realm. Yeah, like that kind of like, I mean, basically these guys want to emulate Manmohan Desai in a way, right? Sure. That's how I see these guys. Um, yeah. Nuvo, Manmohan Desai, disciples. <laughs> um, I mean, Farah, Farah Khan is in there. Sajid Khan, in a way, tries to be there, you know. Um, there's yeah. a few others um, uh, that I can't maybe think of now. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, out of all of these, there's actually just two that I really like, and that's Rajkumar Irani and Zoya Akhtar. I think also if you're talking about filmmakers in more of the mainstream realm who try to, who can still, you know, make kind of these thought-provoking movies despite working with bigger... I mean, there's like uh, Imtiaz Ali to a certain extent, maybe, mm-hmm. who can do that. Um, and yeah, Rajkumar Zoya Akhtar, Imtiaz Ali... Those are kind of the three that immediately come to mind. I think Imtiaz, for me at least, he's still a little small budgeted. Like his budget is, like his canvas is still smaller indie, veering towards indie. You know what hmm. I mean? Um, hmm. Like Highway, you know, that that's something that, you know. He but was, like, for instance, he did Cocktail, right? Yeah. No, uh, he, he produced it. He wrote, he wrote it, yeah. He wrote Cocktail. Love Ajkal was his. Yeah, classic Bollywood kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, go. No, I was just gonna get into like what are the common complaints we've seen about Dildarakinido at the moment, and I think the first one I I saw was uh, that it's you know rich people with rich people problems. Um, What do you think about that? It's funny. That's one that I have not come across as much as I thought I would have. I think that well, maybe I just haven't read enough reviews, but the ones I have written, they do mention that, like, yes, it is a rich people movie about rich people problems, but they do also say that, like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, it's not to say that rich people don't have real problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think people are actually, from what I've read, been kinder on that element than I thought they were going to be. Because that was a big issue for Zindagi Nami Lagi Dubara, right? That, like, everybody was complaining about that when that movie came out. Which I still don't understand why. Like, I mean, yeah, absolutely it is. I don't even think Zoya Akhtar would argue with that, you know? But, like, why is that... Um, why does filmmaking only need to be meaningful if it's about, like, the plight of the poor? Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be. It 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 captures It captures a society and it captures, like, all elements of a society, which includes the poor, which includes the rich, and... You know, she's actually doing a good job of a poking fun at some of their problems and making like acknowledging that some of their problems really aren't problems, and and she kind of makes fun of that um, or satirizes that a bit. And and B, it's like, well, why not focus on this strata of society? She's it's it's just as part of the 
culture as other parts of the culture are. Yeah, and I think we also, we want our riders, and isn't the first rule of riding, write what you know, you know? So sure. I think that kind of upper-class yuppie kind of zone, it's probably the, the zone that she knows the best, I would imagine, right? Um, I think they're part of the kind of cultural elite of India. Uh, or yeah. at least Bollywood, I, I guess the Akhtar family, you know. So I think, I think that a that's not a that's not a, a, it's not a fault of hers. I never had that problem even with Zindagi Nami Legi Dubara. But again, right. I don't think neither you, neither me, neither most of our listeners are, you know, rickshaw drivers or whatever. You know, we're we're not sure. the ones yeah. that are. You know, we are already in that maybe upper yuppie mode. So maybe it does. We're we're maybe a bit more forgiving of that. Um, sure. But I think you know, cinema, art, uh, movies. TV, they've all dealt in large part to, you know, rich people. I mean, even Mughalay Azam was about royalty, you know, so I don't think... Like, what happened to the whole notion of escapist cinema? Like, yeah. if people... Like, isn't, doesn't that kind of play into that as well? I, I think so too, and I think, you know, if you... if you, the, the, the movie has a clear palette on how it wants to, you know, present these problems and how the people look and the styling and everything like that. And I think it just, it's justified in the kind of milieu that the movie is set. So I, yeah. I didn't have a problem with it last time and I don't have a problem with it this time. I, um, I do hate it when people say that it's white people problem or something like that because that feels unbelievably racist to me. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen that hashtag a few times. So, um, it was when the first trailer came out, I think I tweeted like, uh, oh, so Zoya really took at heart all the criticism about, you know, rich people problems <laughs> when she was, she saw, she made the Dildarakledo after Zindagi Nafilegi I kind of think it's pretty brazen to, you know, just do the exact same thing and just add another layer on top of it. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And she, it, it's so true. But I think with this one, she, she makes it about family, which is a universal concept. And, you know, so it's not about like just three guys who throw caution to the wind and just like ditch their regulate, regular lives. It's about a family and the relationships within it. So maybe this one is a bit more accessible in that way. Um, but like, like I said, she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's writing about. She knows that people are not all going to identify with this you know, with people with this income level, but so she makes it, so she, she's very, very self-aware of that. And there's that one part in the movie where, you know, Priyanka Chopra tells all those aunties, she's like, get a job. And they look at each other and they're like, who's going to give us a job? So it's very much like Zoya Akhtar completely knows her characters and she knows the extents of their ridiculousness, I think. Yeah. 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 It's, it's just funny that I feel that complaint comes a lot, most with her movies than anybody else. Because um, I don't think, you know, I mean, maybe also with Karan Johar that comes a bit. Um, but uh, I don't think it's as big of an issue with him as it is with with, with Zoyakta's movie, it seems, when people talk about it. Um, because the reviews I read, at least, it, it was a point that was acknowledged every time. And... Mm. I don't think that happens with the Suraj Barjatia movie necessarily, you know, is, is Hamav Kikon rich people problems, you know, like, I don't know. Um, it's also, again, like, a lot to do with the morals, like, Suraj Barjatia films are very, like, grand family dramas where, you know, of people who are rich, but at the end of the day, the kind of content that's in those films is very much traditional, so, you know, it's still, spe- with Zoya's films, it's not only are her 
you know, not only is it like a rich person's world, it's also she's telling you things that can sometimes be seen as going against the norm of tradition. So it's like the audience has to swallow two pills. Yeah. So the second so, common complaint that I saw about Zindagi, uh, sorry, about Dildarakne though, is um, I think a lot of people have this problem with the the narrative framing of the movie itself. So, which is um, Amir Khan um, yeah. as the 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 voice of Pluto, right? Um, and I don't know if it's maybe because it's too close to PK, where he was again having a kind of you know voiceover throughout the whole movie. Um, yeah. but a lot of people don't feel that that device worked as well. I think one of the problems is, um, that it's Amir Khan, <laughs> um, th- that's playing the, <laughs> sorry? It is really is a problem. <laughs> yeah. It's distracting. Um, sorry, what? It's distracting completely because all you hear is Amir Khan's voice. <laughs> you don't see a dog, so you don't, you don't like, you don't, identify him with a dog you're just like Amir Khan's talking to me did you um did you know that it was gonna be Amir Khan doing the voice of the dog already before you went into the movie no I didn't it was a complete surprise for you yeah okay wow you you saved yourself for me this was completely spoiled already I'd seen it like in five different outlets and I I felt that was quite a shame because I think if you didn't know um it would have been a nice reveal but I don't know was it a nice reveal because obviously you didn't know (laughs) Well, for the, for a second, I was like, you know, when the first, when, when you first hear his voice, you're like, obviously, like, oh, well, that sounds kind of familiar. And then it clicks in your head. You're like, that's Amir Khan's voice. And so for, I was amused at first, definitely, and kind of intrigued. And then you realize that he's the dog. And then he just goes on and on and on. And like every scene, especially in the first half, it felt like every single scene was being explained to you by Amir Khan and, you know, it was just, I felt both taken for an idiot at times, just because I'm like, stop telling me that this is their, you know, with, with the first meeting between uh, Ranveer and Anushka. Like, it just completely ruined that scene for me, because here they are having a moment. You can clearly, you know, if the voiceover wasn't there, I would have been clearly in the moment with them. You would have been much more invested in it. You can read between the lines and all of that. But because of this dog narration, it it just kind of ruined all of that. You know what would have, what would if the narration wasn't that there. You know what would have been annoying in that scene that they're actually swimming in the world's tiniest pool ever. Like <laughs> <laughs> like how like they're just crossing each other. Like I think that pool is like three feet long or something like that. Yeah, and crossed each other like ten times. It just went <laughs> on and on. <laughs> so for me, that pool, I was more distracted by the pool than actually Amir Khan's voice in that. Uh, no, I have to say, it, for me, it worked. Um, uh, really? Yeah, it did. And I think, uh, I, I, the thing is, it's not perfect. Again, like the movie itself, it's not perfect. It's very much mm-hmm. heavy at the first hand. But I think it's because it builds up towards that reveal that, you know, the dog, he opens the door, that's the dog, and he's, it's Amir Khan's voice, you know? So I think it kind of builds up towards that, and I think second half, there's less of it. Um, but there's three scenes that stood out for me that made it okay, um, that really made it, made me appreciate it, is one, is the, actually the meeting of Ranbir and Anushka, because again, that tiny pool really annoyed the crap out of me. Um, and I, I thought uh, the second scene was where the reveal happens that he was actually Farhan Akhtar's dog and he was meant to 
remind Priyanka of um huh. Sunny. I thought that was very sweet. Um yeah. and the third was the final final um voiceover where they're um where it's I mean all the lines are written by Javed Akhtar. So that last yeah. last line where they also um plug in the name of the movie Hardil Dharaknedo I thought that was yeah. beautiful. I I thought that was amazing. Um the way it was delivered, the way it was placed and I think because of those three scenes and you know the the point of it is you know that final delivery, you know in the speedboat. I think mm-hmm. that makes it worthwhile. Um I I I think a lot of people have the baggage of it being Amir Khan I think I saw tweets that you know um somebody was saying oh um first you're uh, making fun of Shahrukh Khan being a dog and now you're the voice of the dog and then I thought Beth wrote something like oh maybe Amir Khan thought it was the voice of god and then he got stuck with <laughs> the voice of dog um so again I think um it's funny both of those things are funny but I think that's just the baggage that casting somebody like Amir Khan um does you know um and i think it's been done before i think uh, amita provides a lot of voice over narration he's kind of the go to i don't think he would have worked as a voice of a dog um salman khan did something like he was playing the voices of god in uh, in uh, uh tera hero uh, recently yeah. um yeah. so again i think it, it's a tough thing and it, it becomes that um pixar dreamworks problem i don't know if you are uh, know about that but pixar usually employs um no sorry dreamworks employs employs uh, a a grade act a class actors to do the voices of all their characters and pixar mm-hmm. uses kind of people that are known for voiceover work um so my problem whenever i saw see a dreamworks movie the first 30 minutes i'm just trying to figure out who the voice of everybody is and that just mm-hmm. kind of takes me away from the movie whereas pixar it's obviously perfect. doesn't have that Um yeah. But I think for me like yes, first of all the fact that it was Amir Khan definitely took me out of the film, but it could have been anybody honestly and I think the voiceover would have bothered me just because there was just too much of it. Like with Zindagi na milegi dobara it was, you know, people had the same complaint about Farhan Akhtar doing the poetry voiceovers and how that bothered them and that actually really worked for me. Like it, I loved it even though it was clearly Farhan's voice. Um it just was used I actually thought it added something to the scenes rather than taking away from it whereas for this one for me personally I just felt like it was just too much exposition he was telling us what was going on he was telling us what to feel he was telling us what they were feeling and it, I felt like I was being spoon-fed a lot of the movie where as I'm like I just want to watch these people act it Yeah I think it's I think it's again that balance between you know spectacle and thoughtfulness you know balancing that approach yeah. that she has and I think yeah maybe for you um it it didn't work as well I think she probably fell on the wrong side of the spectrum I can get it I can get it it was just something that 